Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource, everything Husky Hockey related. And uh, I'm Weldy, sitting with Andrew, coming off a sweep at home against the mighty Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks. Um, I gotta, I, I'm going to veer off a little bit for, for a second. I got a quick question for you. Okay. Um, off the top of your head, do you remember who was coach of the year in the Big Ten last year? Uh, I'll give you a. I'll give you a hint. He's still a coach, so it's not Mel. Peterson. I didn't think it was. I, I will say Motsko. That is correct. That is correct. Um. Now looking at Grant Crookshank <laughs> and how he started this year, I'm starting to think it was a bad call to let him go. Because <laughs> I mean, coming up with just two dynamic games. Um, and really the whole start to the season, um, I got a stat here from Andrew Melrow, uh, on Twitter who pointed out that, uh, that Crookshank's the first Husky to score six goals in a five game stretch since Judd Peterson. Wow. That's a very random, uh, (laughs) player poll there Uh, in, in October of 2016. Yeah. I would have not, um, I'm sure I, I was guess that name. I would have been at all of those games. That would have been that was like when they had that third period comeback at Mariucci and then they won mm-hmm. in overtime. I think Peterson scored a couple in that game. Yep. So I would have been at all of those games. That was the peak of my traveling fan phase. Your your SCSU traveling fan. Um and the first to score six goals in the first six games of the season. Since Matt Hendricks and Nate DiCasmiro to open the Others. 102 season. This great nostalgia um, references here. Yeah. And, and to our fans who uh, never had a chance to watch uh, those early 2000s Husky teams, or really just actually college hockey in the early 2000s in general, it was it was just setting a, a wagon on fire and just running it down the main street. It was just chaos everywhere. Every week. It was so much now, fun. fun time. Now, like people want to play defense and it kind of is dumb, <laughs> but, but at that time it was, it, it was, it was a heck of a time. So I will say that it was more the but, you know, um, college hockey sort of punk rock phase before they got signed to the, to the record deal. Now it's more. Yeah, it's exactly. a little cleaner. Before they sold out. They've, yeah, yeah, they've 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 made them shave they shave their face development now. Development for uh, the National Hockey League. Right, right. Yeah. No, that was back then. It was it was it was a little bit different. But, um, yeah, just you know, obviously, you know, going to the U of M, and you know, you have to deal with a whole different set of problems when it comes to you know scholarships and I think this year went down to 18 scholar back down to 18 where it normally is. And, you know, you got new people coming in for, you know, one or two years because that's how the U likes to recruit. Um, but you know, you let some people go. And as far as, you know, Grant Crookshank, um, just he's been, I, I can't say enough good things about him and how he 
has really played the Kevin Fitzgerald role, right. I would say, to um, to a T, and maybe you know maybe even a little bit more dominant um, when it comes to at least his size and whatnot. So um, yeah, just overall, it was it was a great weekend for the Huskies. But I still have some questions, <laughs> and I know that's kind of like tempers me a little. Like I'm not usually the guy to to be like, well, I don't know. Um, but it was, you know, Mankato did control a lot of possession. Yeah, we forced them to the outside a little bit more. Um, yeah, you know, our goalie still played incredibly wonderful. Um, the the defense I thought was that was good. Um, except you know, it was a lot of time in the defensive zone um, during really a lot of stretches, especially that Friday game. Um, but uh, overall, kind of what was your assessment on the weekend? Yeah, I was interested uh, what your reaction would be. Um, and I think we're, I'm, I, I'm a little surprised that not that there's a right or wrong answer to this, but I think we're on the same page. And the the key word, I guess the word of the week for me is opportunistic. That's what describes yes. this series for the Huskies for me. But at last year, I was also very much the person to be like, we don't have that guy who can, you know, step up in those big games and right. we don't have, you know, that opportunistic mentality. And it seems like this team definitely has that. And we're showing it's definitely better to have that than not uh, with how the season has started. Right. I'm not going to complain uh, or apologize for two, two wins here, two pretty gigantic wins. I think the, the, these wins are going to very much come in handy for the Huskies mm-hmm. come tournament time. It, it, coming into the season, you know, on our season preview podcast, I did say I did pick the Huskies to make the field of 16. You did not. We're going we're to remember that. But my my percentage, my 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 especially confidence, with how Duluth's playing. But right. we'll, we'll get to that later. My confidence level uh, on that prediction was not very high. I'd say 60 percent. This weekend, maybe this is an overreaction, but I'd say that my percentage like went up to like seventy five percent or so this weekend, just because yeah. I think that Mankato they were very impressive to me. Uh, I feel like I've always sold low. Is that the right stock market analogy i've been bearish on the mavericks in the past mostly because i don't think their league is i think is you're great. two for two on stock market <laughs> analogies there so that was, that yes was nice. uh and so i've never really given them a ton of respect i'll be honest uh they were very impressive this weekend they were more impressive this weekend than thinking back from to last year when st cloud played down there in mankato last year again it's hard for me to, to remember last week, much less last year. But from my perspective, I didn't see this sort of offensive, as you said, puck control. I don't remember that being the case last year. And just looking at the player, like the guys that they lost, like Smith and uh, Napravnik, surprising that they looked as dominant from a possession standpoint as they did. I would agree with you, though, that I don't think they turned that possession into a ton of grade A chances, certainly several, um, but it wasn't, they weren't bombarding shots uh, left and right and, and, and juicy chances for that, for that matter all night long and credits obviously due to the goaltenders who, who did each of them make a, a, a fair amount of great saves, kept them in, 
in the game, kept the game from going pear-shaped, uh, to use a K-fan phrase. Um, and Not a stock market analogy. All right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, and, and Huskies being opportunistic, I, I did read, uh, you know, I read a fair amount of some of the commentary, and I think it was the Chris Dilk's uh, uh, recap uh, noted that he thought that the Mavericks were very, I think he said, like, said that they're like the slowest team when it comes to breakouts. Yep. Certainly they, I don't know about the slowest. I can't tell you if they're the slowest team in the country or, or whatnot about that, but they were definitely lackadaisical in the, in their own zone and sort of mm-hmm. dilly dallying uh, to get the puck out. And I was just doing the video highlights before the show here. Four we'll you at the show prep. Four or five of the goals from St. Cloud based on turnovers deep in uh the Maverick zone, kind of based on picking the pockets of the defense mm-hmm. or intercepting a breakout pass and able to ca- or cash maybe in a little goals. bit of a trip. I was we'll we'll get to that. I, I have I, I wanted to get your take on that. But that's you know, that's what a good team will do they'll ma- manufacture mm-hmm. chances like that and make their opponents pay for sloppy mistakes like that in their own end this reminded me of like the austin ortega omaha teams especially when st cloud would play them seeing that they would always outshoot them they'd always dominate the possession but you know twice a game that would happen where they just cough the puck up and they'd score right away and the huskies would lose by one goal that's what this sort of uh, reminded me of a little bit this weekend. Again, not not apologizing for it. I do think Mankato, Mankato played better. They deserved to not get swept. I'll, I'll put it that way. Although, at the same time, I think the difference you can see, too, was you know, not having McKay, huge difference. Because there was a, at least one of the goals on Saturday was a bad one that Tracy gave up. And so definitely in Micah's that's the, that's the one I'm just, thinking. Of. I mean, the, then the brand one where, right after that was, was a kind of a, a tougher tip, but the, the Miller one for sure. I'm sure he's wanting back. Um, I, oh, yeah. I, yeah, that I, was a hole in the glove type right. situation. And so, yeah, they take advantage of, of plays like that. And so two huge wins. And like I said, you're going to bank these. And I think these will, these will be very, key wins um for this team going forward so that's my sort of early analysis and we'll get into some more of the details and i i want to i i do want to again not apologizing for the sweep but keep in mind here that they didn't play their best hockey i don't think and they let mankato have their way to to an extent like i said i wouldn't i think they did a good job of containing the chances that mankato was getting Based on how much zone time they had, but they can't. They can't go. I, I'm I'm sort of worried about Bemidji. This Bemidji series, for some reason, feels like a trap weekend. Like kind of went on a high here, sweeping Mankato. They've just got to fo- keep focused this week and take yeah. Bemidji seriously. And and Bemidji's not as good of a team as Mankato is. Um, they might be a better team than Wisconsin is. Don't tell that to Duluth, but. Um, but they're an opponent that you need to take seriously. And so mm-hmm. I don't want us to sort of get a big head here because I still think that there's, uh, there's some work to do here. And that weekend against Mankato was not a perfect one. Uh, so 
I just want them, and I, I, I have faith in this coaching staff that they're, they're able to keep this team on task and, and not getting too high over what's been done and keeping that focus on the next opponent. So that's my, uh, I guess that's my first sort of elevator pitch take, a very long elevator pitch. We were on a very long elevator ride, but that was my, that was my initial. There was a lot of recap. stops on that. There was elevator. a lot of stops. It was a local, there, there was a local train elevator, lots, lots of stops. You know what just annoys me so much is like those elevators that like take absolutely forever to go one floor or just like like they don't really have steps that you can use. So, oh, your elevator's right here, but just such the slowest moving elevators that, oh, that just annoys me. Anyway, that's my enough of my elevator pet peeves. Um, So let's go, you know, kind of game by game, kind of what your thoughts are. First off. I say go game by game, and then I'm going to go over the whole weekend. I don't know if it's because it was unusually warm here in Minnesota this weekend. It was in the 70s this weekend. Mm. So, I mean, it was, you know, I got, I, I grabbed my sunblock um, for homecoming. And I I don't know if that's what I felt. The ice was incredibly sticky. Like, I felt like there was people over skating pucks everywhere, and maybe that's why the breakouts looked a little bit slow. I don't know. Maybe that was just me, but I, I felt like it was, there were a couple of instances where it looked like the puck didn't, you know, react the way that it probably should have, or didn't bounce the way that should have or whatnot. So, um, and you know, both teams just all weekend with their four checks. Um, I thought they were just absolutely tenacious. And like you said, we were able to capitalize a couple of times on those and obviously with one of those um i believe it was um you know okabe kind of made that play um on friday which one which one because the first two he basically set up himself score scoring the first goal and then the nice dish to uh crookshank on the second one yeah yeah exactly he was Um, the best i I thought on friday he was the best player on the ice okabe easily easily yeah he was it was um yeah, he, I thought he was he was he he was dominant. Um, you know, Mavericks came out big uh, right there at the beginning of the game. You know, first you know ten minutes or so, um, and then we kind of found a little bit more of our groove. Um, and then yeah, Okabe uh, finishes off with, uh, with 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 the goal um, to kind of turn the momentum back towards the Huskies. I don't know how to say this. Like I've I've always I've always liked Okabe. So far, I think this season he's one of my biggest surprises. Like like from on all around facets of the game, because I've always thought you know he was kind of like maybe the third wheel a little bit on the uh, Kranila and Mietnin, and you know maybe a little bit more of the outcast. But the way that he has been just hustling and working on every shift, it's he's been an absolute force out there, and it's been just a joy to see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Mankato did a fair amount of. Uh, they made sure to mo- to cover him a little better on Saturday because we didn't see as much of his kind of game breaking ability on Saturday. But but I agree, and, and, and we're at this point now where I, I guess that line, the the Okabe uh, Mietnin Cranel line, is still your. I'm doing quotes. Number one line, but that. Crookshank, Miller, and Kupka line as well. Um, yeah, 
you, they could easily be number one. I mean, I think based on points, I think they have more points. Kupka's got seven points already in the season. This is a guy I remember last year. Mm-hmm. We kind of called out in the carpet saying, what's, uh, you know, what is Kupka's role in this team? Because I'm not sure mm-hmm. where he fits and how valuable he is. He's been uh, he's he's been a force, you know. He's got you know had the game winning goal, the the power play, you know, kind of greasy goal on Friday, and then obviously setting up the uh, winning goal on Saturday. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because I do want to discuss that play, but but that that line and as a whole, obviously Crookshank, we've already sang his praises, and Miller too. It's interesting you had brought up you know him or Crookshank coming in as sort of this year's version of Fitzgerald, not. Uh, Oh, that's a great that's a great um, comparison and mainly because the you know the Fitzgerald Miller bromance from last year looks like he's kind of subbed one out for the other cuz him and Crookshank Miller and Crookshank have been clicking I think from a chemistry standpoint just, too. So just just dynamic. Yeah, yeah, that line has been such a joy. And that's always, you know, at the beginning of the year I was like, okay, that line Okay, we'll see. You know, kind of how they mesh, how things are going. I mean, they've it, it's been fire, and it's been causing a lot of teams' headaches. And you know how you said earlier last year, I remember a distinct conversation where you know we pulled the goalie for the ex- extra attacker, and here comes Kukka over the boards as our sixth man, and I'm like, wow, what are we doing? Like, right. this is kind of the best we can do. And I'm eating. I'm eating some crow right now. I mean, yeah, he only has two goals on the season, but um, you know, their goals. First off, that I really like his goal um, uh, here on the power play, where you know it was just kind of digging right in front of the net. And those are the the goals here that I like to see. Right. Um, you know, especially on the power play when we get maybe a little bit too Ovechkin office yeah. heavy. You know, getting over to Mietin for the one timer or whatnot or you know, granted, Anhorn's been fantastic this year, you know, on the power play too and, and feeding from over there. But, you know, you need you, you need those grease pan goals, yeah. as our coaching staff likes to call them. And we didn't have enough of that. You know, you can even debate going the last, you know, how many years we haven't had enough of that. So, I mean, uh, Kupka filling that role was, you know, very welcome to see when we um, ended up taking the lead in that third period. Yeah, and um, and to rewind, I guess, to the beginning, because, you know, first 10, 12 minutes of that game, basically all in St. Cloud zone. Uh, Mankato seemed to have a, uh, you know, they really put it to St. Cloud, but credit to the Huskies, they weathered the storm. And like I said, I think the shots were 6-1 to one or something at that at that stage. And not a ton of, like, prime opportunities for the Mavericks during that stretch of sort of puck domination. But what really turned that game was the four, a fourth line. I think it was even during a line change because it's sort of a mish, mishmash of uh, Solquist, Brand, and maybe Spalacy. Spalacy did not have a good game on Friday, by the way. But that line no, sort of... Uh, yeah, I'm not. He's sort of this year's Kupka for me. I, I he needs to stop. I I don't. I was surprised he played on Saturday. I hope that the letter that he wears doesn't give him more time than he deserves because Friday's game was was a stinker, and I think he deserved to sit on Saturday. But 
Anyway, uh, that line produced sort of that first sort of turnover for Mankato in their own zone, peppered, ran Sear with a couple of shots, and then it was, I believe, the shift after that was when Okabe kind of wheels around just beats Rancier with a with a nice shot and from from being sort of pinned in your own zone for the first 10 minutes of the game plus to taking you know scoring the the game's first goal taking a one nothing lead that was huge as far as a, a momentum swing Mankato ends up getting that momentum back sort of playing getting back to that sort of puck possession domination in the second period you know Huskies getting into some penalty trouble. Again, Spolacy, the culprit there. Um, they score a power play goal and then also score on a extra attacker delayed penalty situation to go up two to one. And then on that ensuing power play, nearly made it three to one. There was a caster. Yeah. I think it was that caster save. I think it was with the paddle. I yeah. don't know if we got a really good look at it, but yeah, he was dead to right and maybe and, um, and maybe that was the big turning point of you know we saw the turning point in the first period with that that okabe goal and the, the shift before it that sort of um turned the momentum that being possibly a game saver too because that go if that goes in Mikhail's up three to one with the the way that they can play the way that they can possess the puck and sort of eliminate chances they could win going away but then Mm-hmm. Then that save happens, and then I think it was shortly after that, towards the end of that period, that sort of broken play out of nothing. Okabe beats a guy in, down in the boards. N- nice little behind-the-back pass to Crookshank. Just a thing of beauty, and, and there's 2-2, two to two, and it's a brand-new ball game. And, uh, and, and, and that's where I put the uh, Kevin Fitzgerald kind of comparison there, because Fitzgerald was so lethal by the net. He was able to finish on those chances. And Okabe with that great pass, you know, kind of looking and seeing Crookshank's streak and just how he was able to to put that away um, was, you know, Pastor and Sear was just kind of a thing of beauty to watch. And it's one of those goals that you kind of see set up. And it's like, here's a chance if, if this pass connects. Like, it's just one of those things. It's like, there he is, you know. In, in in your NHL game at home, it's an easy pass to make. But when you're a cup cut and the board, the pucks are ringing around the boards to you, you know, to do that between the legs type of pass, and you know, to put it right on somebody's stick coming in, you know, Okabe just did just a heck of a play. Yeah. So that was just, it was just magnificent to watch. And then that sort of momentum sort of carried over to uh, forcing a penalty uh, Mankato taking a penalty late in that period, and that power play carries over into the third, and that's when Kupka scores what turned out to be the last goal of the game, the game winner. And I, I thought a, a good effort in the third period, um, shutting them down. Not a ton of grade-A chances from Mankato in that third period. and Just a nice win, and, and one that I, 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 I fall short of calling these stolen wins. You know, like It's like the Huskies stole one. I still think that the Mankato had the better of both of the games from a from an action and possession standpoint. Certainly by a possession standpoint, you can argue about quality chances, um, but but it's still I, I don't think they were dominating to the extent that I would say that the Huskies were you know still came out of their stealing one. 
know, I think that mm-hmm. getting both wins is fortunate. Uh, but I still think the Huskies did play a good game. And again, we, we have to shout out Caster on Friday and then getting into Saturday, Bassey as well. Both, I thought, uh, excellent. And they're sort of playing, you know, I'm going to try to one-up you each other. Yeah. They're feeding off each other using this sort of goaltender tandem to push themselves. And you know, I think they both have, say, percentages, you know, 940-plus. Uh, that's not going to last, but uh, ride it as, as much as you can. And uh, it's a joy to watch. And, hey, talking about Kupka, we you know, had some some critical things to say about him last year. Hey, go back and listen to the post Quinnipiac game podcast. I stand behind my. Uh, that's one of the worst goaltending performances I've ever seen. Uh, but I have to give Caster credit. I mean, he's he's playing. Oh, yeah. He's playing like someone who has something to prove, and who is mm. is aware of the Gong Show that was in Allentown. Uh, and is setting out to to write the record, and all the power to him. Uh, he's looking great, and so is Bassey. Yeah, I had a little bit. I I didn't tweet it out. I almost did. I ended up not. Um, but I had a tweet kind of ready my go ready to go. Is if Caster gave half the performance that he's had this season, I think we beat Quinnipiac by two. Well, like, I think I said last year a below average goaltender, <laughs> like a replacement level, meaning like triple A baseball level goaltender, and they would have won by multiple goals. This was sub minor league level. It was it was bad, and I'm sure he he knows it. Yeah, I know it was mm-hmm. a tough tough situation to be thrust upon and all that, but um, embarrassing at the D1 college level to 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 play like that. And, but he, like I said, he's playing like a man with a mission. And, and if that's, and that's, if that fuels you, then that's what life's about. Life is about having yeah. those setbacks. And then you got a fork in the road there. Are you going to, you know, wallow and say, woe is me? Or are you going to step it up and say, Hey, I can maybe make, make this, make me a better goaltender. And I think he's taking mm-hmm. the ladder at least the first month here. Got a long way to go on the season, but uh, I, I, I'm very impressed with his play so yep. far. Yeah, and I ended up not tweeting it out because I thought, you know, maybe it's just time to turn the page and focus on how he's doing now. Because, um, I mean, it, who knows if we would have actually made a championship run. I doesn't really matter at this point because he's playing – Really well right now, and that's what counts yep. right now. Yep. So, um, quick shout out just because I have to, apparently. Um, it'll be, um, you know, they pulled the goalie there on Friday, and um, seconds left to go in the game. Um, the puck, you can tell that there's an open guy, cross ice pass. Dylan Anhorn oh, gets yeah. his stick on it, pokes it away. What a defensive, yeah, I forgot about that play. What a defensive play by him to get that and and keep it a a one goal lead and end up winning the game. And that's if that puck's anywhere, you know, obviously if it's on net, it's going in because it was there was no way Caster was going to stop that one. Yeah, I mean, so huge shout out to to Dylan Anhorn on that one, who I thought had a strong weekend. Um, 
I guess, you know, no, as far as defense gold, uh, as far as the defense goes, I thought everyone had a pretty strong weekend. Zemer a little bit tough at times. Um, I thought he looked a little bit out of place. Um, Peart sometimes didn't make the right move, <laughs> but you're you're definitely going to get that every now and then. Still getting frustrated um, with Bushy, too. Um, he, he's seeming to wanting to do a little too much um, and making some risky plays. He's a, he's a good stay-at-home guy. Uh, he, that's when... Brandon Bushy can play his best. He just mm-hmm. needs to not play superhero or think that he needs to because we've got the offensive-minded defense, defenseman on this team. I don't think he's one of them. So he just needs to, I think, be a little cleaner with his puck handling. Um, bring the weight when he can. I think Zemer, too, like that play with Morton's goal, I believe, on Saturday where he kind of goes for the hit. Great play by Morton. Yeah. Um, but Zemer sort of looked foolish yeah. on that play as well. So... Yeah, it's it's always Morton, nice. Morton and Hirose all weekend. I thought were a real big. The one guy that really, it, yes, I agree with that. The other guy that really surprised me was that Cilia. Um, yeah, uh, great, like hands, silky smooth Cilia. I'm gonna make that be a nickname for him. Way to go, Bucci. <laughs> God, it's, uh, thin mints. Uh, now I hate it. So. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, moving over, uh, Saturday, I was in the house on Saturday. You were my, my first game. How was the, uh, so. how was the atmosphere? Homecoming day, homecoming <laughs> game, 5,000 plus, homecoming, whatever, whatever homecoming means, I guess, yeah. to, to St. Cloud state. That's, uh, what it was. You know, we have, uh, quite the history with homecoming, uh, you know, couches on fire, <laughs> riots taken away. Here it is. You don't have a football team, whatever. Um, it was, you know, I, I didn't get to many games last year, um, you know, with kids and all, but, uh, you know, I, you know, where, where the gift shop was, they've now put like a little beer garden oh. type thing. So they've got, so they've got beer and they've got stools and they got like three or four TVs kind of like plastered up showing the game. So it's that, so it's, so it's nice that. You know, you can go in, you can get your beer and whatnot. But as far as like merchandise goes, you know, in like the suite or the, I don't know, lounge area, like, you know, yeah, you, you, you go up, there's, I don't know what you would even call that. I'm not hoity toity. It's like where they have the, get access the, the food for the, for the beautiful people like that sort yes, of area. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, it, the, it's got like one little corner that's like a hallway to get out and that's what they have for merchandise so that was a little bit disappointing and the people i went with wanted a husky jersey and they didn't even have any husky jerseys there for sale and it's just i feel like that's kind of a mis- yeah. missed opportunity yes, and it's it like i know beer probably is more profitable <laughs> than merchandise but I mean, well, you still be a hundred dollar, hundred dollar a pop on the jerseys there. I mean, so frustrating. Yeah. Like I want to give you my money, but you, you don't, you, you won't like that's a fail in my I, book. Yeah, exactly. And I feel that way when I'm a big Nintendo fan, you know, I love my Nintendo video games. Um, I don't have a new 3d Metroid game. I don't even have a remake of the old 3d Metroid games that I can play on the switch. Like, Nintendo, I want to give you money. And they're like, well, here's the Pokemon game. And I'm like, I'm not the demographic for Pokemon. <laughs> but anyway. 
I digress. That goes into something different. Um, you can still take uh, you can take the beer to your seat, right? Or is this you yes. saying this beer garden? It's not like how Duluth has it, where you have to drink it in that area. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you don't have to drink it right there. You definitely there's not enough room for you to mingle right, or hang right. around. Yeah, so you from what you're saying, if it was the old gift shop, that's not a terribly large space. Yeah. But, but but they do have some tables kind of set up. Um, so if so if you do want to have two beers and just kind of sit there and even watch the game from there, right, and not be far right behind the, the net beer, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not it's not too bad. Um, but you know, I thought overall the atmosphere was amazing. I thought it it felt like honestly it it felt like an old school WCHA match, like like pre conference split and everything like that. It felt. The atmosphere I thought was great. The fans were great. I thought the student section, there were a lot of students there. And maybe it's still early in the season because I always feel like the students are really show up, um, you know, at the start of the season and then kind of tail off. And it was like that even when I was uh, in college, too. So, but um, they they were there. They were into it. Um, they had the band there, which I love a college band there. Um, you know, the band isn't. Yeah, you know, they don't have like the pomp and circumstance of all the other bands and your uh, places that have bands, but it was still, I like that atmosphere. I like the feeling of band. Um, the puppy pound, I thought, was well represented as well uh, on the other side of the rink. Um, it was, it was great. It was like, I, 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 it, it, it felt awesome for it, this type of atmosphere in a game that wasn't involving like uh Minnesota or North Dakota. And you know, to have it be Minnesota State, I think is actually so much cooler to have that type of atmosphere. Cause I thought I thought the place was rocking. Uh scoreboard looks, that looks was my, amazing. That was my next question. Yeah, so that sounds yep. sounds good. And how about our PA guy? I think I love our PA guy. And I and the sound really system, good. like how you know what's the equipment behind him? Is that is that working well? <laughs> the sounds, yeah, the sound system's a lot better. However, I don't know if they just didn't update like the pre-roll ads <laughs> or whatnot. So anytime there was like a recording of an ad that had to be played, that was still mumbled. Okay. So I don't know what exactly. Yeah, I think the building. Like I don't know if it's the, the building is <laughs> kind of doomed. I think from an acoustic standpoint. And that's standpoint. probably it. Like you can put yeah. some lipstick on a pig, but it, at some point, it's always going to sound pretty bad. I did see it was it was weird. They got Chuck like working the penalty box. I saw him. Chuck. Went, Chuck. It was homecoming. It was homecoming. Uh-huh. So yeah, Chuck. I was, was wondering if the, that's the just a, uh, a one-off, or if that's going to be if I, if I'm going to be seeing him, uh, you know, all the home games. But uh, no, nice to see no, him there. It should be. Yeah, it was nice. He got a he got a hell of a standing oh, ovation good. too. Oh, good. And, and um, but yeah, the PA guy. It was actually really interesting because I I um. I watched his uh, Twitter. He had like a five minute video, like of him, you know, um, ice level before. I think it was before Friday's game, and kind of like, oh, here's the behind the scene. Here's the tour. Here's like all the sheets, and here's what I have of, you know, how I keep track of things, and just just kind of. Oh, and then here's the ice, and you know, it's so it was kind of cool to get that view. But he also had a sheet. Um that kind of that listed out what can and or what can be reviewed 
And what can be a coach's challenge or an official review or what is coach's challenge only. (laughs) So I took, I took a screenshot of that because I was like, I don't know if I've ever, ever actually seen anything like that, like listed so succinctly and in plain English. Did so, that uh, have a chance? Did that get well, up to uh, to Jim Rich's hands? Because that would be helpful, I think. It probably hasn't. So uh, we should make, make that sure happen. That does happen? Yeah, yeah. So now, does he? I can't really tell watching on TV. No woos. Is he wooing after no goals? Woos. He's making his own thing, he or not? what? He, he he is making his own thing, and you you. It hasn't quite caught on yet, and I think it's going to catch on about halfway through the season. So what he's doing after announcing the goal, he is saying, go Huskies, and he's trying to cue the dog pound mm. and everyone else to woo. That's clever. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not so, ripping so, off Chuck, but it's keeping uh-huh. the tradition alive. I like that a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, so I, so it's like that you could tell that's what he's kind of trying to do. And like some people are starting to catch on as more people are kind of seeing because, because he says go Huskies and like you can see him kind of trying to gesture to the dog pound, but obviously you don't like have a great view of the PA announcer from the dog pound, but that's what he's trying to kind of get going. And yeah, I really like that. I was like, okay, that's, that's unique. That's fun. That's, that's different, but yet familiar. So. so you seem at peace with uh, this guy being the one to uh, he, he got passed <laughs> over for this one. For, for, what, I, it's Jason, what's his? Could, I can't remember I, his last name. I could not hold a candle to him. <laughs> like he was so incredibly good. Not gonna lie, it's almost so. like he's a he's a professional announcer and he's done this for right? uh, for many yeah. years. It's it's weird. So so exactly, it's like he's a. You know, he's done plenty of, you know, PA announcing for wrestling or, you know, Olympic sports and whatnot. Who knows? Uh, yeah, J- uh, Jason Bryant. Jason so, Bryant. Okay. Um, yep. On Twitter, verified. So, um, but it was, yeah, I, th- I thought, yeah, I-, I thought he did a wonderful job. I thought everybody did a wonderful job. It was a lot of fun. And also the game didn't disappoint. Right. Um, as far as um, kind of the excitement goes. So. Uh, we can definitely kind of get into that game. Um, obviously, everyone's just talking about the game-winning goal. So do you want to start there and then sure. move backwards? Do you want to Tarantino it, or do you want to go? No, we can start there. Did, did you think it was a trip? Yes. Um, it's, especially if you're going through, <laughs> like, there were six, maybe seven tripping calls all weekend. I mean, they they weren't shy about tripping calls, and some of them I thought were not tripping like they were a little ticky tacky that one though i think definitely was one that that i think should have been called um and then when it wasn't i think it was one of those things like the ref maybe internally kind of was like uh maybe that's a little bit of a penalty but then like he hesitated so it would have been too late because then it was in the back of the net so you didn't know you can't like call a penalty after the goal is scored. So, but um, yeah, I, what I think happened is that the ref was just kind of focused on the stick and where that was, where that wasn't where the trip was. It was the skate to the skate on back. It wasn't purposeful or anything like that, but it was just, I mean, still by definition, it, it was kind of 
you know, uh, a leg tripping the leg and falling backwards and whatnot. So that's how I look at it. Um, there must be something in that corner of the ice or that side of the ice about referees and blown calls because obviously Perbix, uh, last year with the hook from Minnesota that, uh, didn't get called on that side of the ice too. So there, there must be something over there. The, the ghosts of her Brooks past or something like that is, is keeping some. And similar, similar to that play, the ref was right there. Uh, yeah, he was, he was looking right at it. I watched, I watched the replay. I don't know, 10 times. It's I'm biased. Uh, obviously, um, I'm a hypocrite. If the, if it was going the <laughs> other way, if it was the other way around, I'm sure I'd be more on the, on the side of it was a missed call. I do think that I think it was a borderline call. I don't think that it was obviously a trip. Uh, and he was going for the stick. Livingstone, who was the defenseman, had no idea that Kupka was behind him. Uh, he no. was not covering his ass, literally. Uh, and I think Kupka is going for the stick and makes the poke check. Livingston is taken off guard because he doesn't know that he's a guy, got a guy behind him. The bumping and of he the, actually lifts he lifts up the stick prior to touching the skate. Correct, and, like, and the skates like, sort of so. make contact inadvertently, and he loses balance and he's not strong on his skates. I don't really think that a penalty needs to be called there to, because a guy doesn't know he doesn't have his his backside covered, uh, and he's not strong on his skates, um, and. I did and even Livingston did not seem too upset about it either. I like, think he because he realized he got his puck. pocket yeah. put picked and he didn't have full uh uh he didn't have full awareness of of the of the husky players that were on his team and like all weekend lollygagan in that end of the zone on their breakouts. And from the perspective of yeah, it was like 3 minutes to go in the game. It'd be a it'd be a pretty dicey call to tr- call a guy for an offensive zone tripping there and give Mankato a two minute power play with three minutes and change left in that game. I think that'd be a dicey call too. So, and I do think you mentioned that um, a lot of ticky tack calls earlier in the game. I do think that that played a part in them swallowing the whistle there because I yeah. think they probably realized that with the I mean there was what four or five penalties in the first five minutes of the game realized that the, the pace of the game took a while to establish because of sort of an over calling of penalties early in the game. And I, I think they were sort of consciously letting them play at that point in the game. Obviously, like I said, I got uh, Cardinal and black colored glasses here and the play worked out perfectly for the Huskies. Uh, if it mm-hmm. was the other way around, I'm sure I'd be uh, more critical about it. I even looked up the USA Hockey definition of tripping, and they have a clause in there that if the ref believes that the play was a, a hook check or a poke check uh, that was intended to play the puck, intended to get the puck, that they do not have to call uh, a, a tripping there. And so you can read the rule. Uh, in a way that there is a subjectivity uh, in there. And so... One of my favorite lines in Star Wars is when 
Obi-Wan can, oh, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't seen uh, Return of the Jedi, um, when Obi-Wan appears as a force ghost and Luke says, but, you know, you said that Luke, or you said that Darth Vader betrayed and murdered my father. And, and Obi-Wan goes, you know, the guy I knew as Anakin turned into Darth, that's when I know he died. And it's like, so what I told you was correct from a certain point of view. So I always kind of like to add that or that, that I always think of that. It was like how you read, you know, from a certain point of view. <laughs> and that's kind of what you're saying here is that right. if you read the rule from a certain point of view, that's, that's still within the, within the rules. Cause he did clearly play the puck because it was on the stick right. before he even fell down. All I'm it saying it was, it was not, I don't think it was as obvious of a call as some people that I've read would like would would like it to think this was not like the decent fall is that a shot at dilks right there <laughs> well i saw shane frederick too another mankato writer say the same thing basically lead off his write-up of it um with this you know the trip you know that's the whole game <laughs> summary essentially or the number one point at least uh i tweeted at him he didn't he didn't respond to me but i tweeted at him because he was talking about how Oh, but the NCHC rule officials seem, you know, I'm led to believe that they have figured it all out. And I'm like, who has ever said that our officials are the best? I don't know anyone who's ever said that. No answer. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, uh, it worked out for the Huskies. I'm, I'm trying my best to be objective here and you can laugh at that. You can, you can clip this here and say, this is these deluded Husky fans, or at least one I'll, I'll say for my end. That I think it, I think it was a good play, actually, uh, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say good no call. Uh, hmm. Clip that, well, clip mean, that, and it circulate goes... around that. We could use the listeners. Trust me. So there we go. Uh, yeah, go I ahead, mock, that mock, TikTok, mock and ridic- ridicule me, please, please yeah, do. There you go. I'll put that. I'll put a, I'll put that on the TikTok. Um, but it goes to again our tenacity on the forecheck. Um, you know, not giving up on plays. You know, which I have praised you know during the wisconsin series and you know i'm praising here for for this series as well um and then our opportunistic tendencies you know uh, kupko was there passed over to crookshank didn't make a mistake just buried it so um the, the place went nuts and you really felt that in the atmosphere there in the crowd it was it was it was pretty awesome to watch um yeah you know, overall like you said, um, you know, first period, really tough getting going. So, you know, penalties, trip, interference, trip, trip, trip. And I think some of it had to do also with the slow ice. I, th- I just thought it was just maybe like it was just a little too melted or whatnot. So, like, it wasn't as fast. So people think they have to gain an advantage a little bit more because they feel like they're not moving fast enough. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's all poppycock. But, um you know, Huskies ended up uh, yeah, catching Mankato on a slow breakout, um, and the just amazing play by, um, you know, Micah on that shift and Crookshank um, to really, you know, get that turnover and end up, you know, Crookshank's both of his goals were pretty much from the same spot um, and nearly the same setup, but. That pass by Micah Miller, 
that saucer backhand pass was just yeah. absolutely unbelievable. Oh yeah. At first I thought you were talking it about was. the second goal, but this was the first, this is the shorty in the first, which again, I mean, very similar plays, except you had Crookshank score the first Miller with the second play. And obviously the second one at, at even strength, but it's funny that there were sort of confusing the two because they were sort of, as I said, started with those, those sloppy Mankato in their own zone, breaking the puck out kind of play. Same with the third one too. That was Molinar kind of did a lot of the, the dirty work there, bringing it out to Treble and then getting the tip from brand to put it up three to one. Um, a lot of those, those first three goals are very similar uh, in, in, in a lot of ways, as far as how those plays originated, which is sort of kind of a mm-hmm. broken play from nothing. Yeah. Um, Bassie, I thought played really well in net. I think like the the first goal that they scored on that rebound was really one of the only like big rebounds that he gave up that didn't have a husky defensive man there to kind of clear it. And that whole series leading up to it was just kind of like you felt like something bad was going to happen. Um, you know, Kato really kind of stuck to the play or, you know, tied down the, the Huskies in the defensive zone and they were able to get the rebound and kind of, kind of pop it back in. But then, yeah, Miller comes back because Miller scored the second one, right? Correct. And then brand right after and, that, you know, a minute later or, and then or brand so. with the tip. Yeah. And, and that, that second one, I mean, where it just goes through, uh, it, it just goes through Tracy's mitt like that. You could tell that was just kind of just knocked the wind a little bit out of out of Mankato sales. Surprised uh, how they played which, their which, which you know, considering how much they dominated that second period too. I mean, we had two goals and three shots that right. period. So I mean, yeah, getting was, speaking about the Mankato goalie I and mean, or goaltending, we we talked about it going into the series on our preview last week. Tracy was the guy who who played both the games against Duluth last weekend. Figured that he would have, even if they're going to split the time, I thought that they would have Tracy start on Friday. So I was surprised when, when Rancier started. I actually thought that Rancier played better of, of the two goalies. Like we mentioned, the Tracy's, that, that, that Miller goal was one that he wants back. Um, but um, I was a little surprised that they, they went Rancier-Tracy and not had Tracy start just based on his his weekend against uh, UMD last weekend. But yeah, and getting up three to one there, that, that second goal for Mankato, I thought was, was one that the Huskies would want back. It wasn't a tear. I think that Bassey was pretty screened there, uh, but had a chance that the defense had a chance to get the puck out. And the, uh, I think, I think that was Celia, one of his plays and stick handling plays that he was, he was able to um, do some fancy maneuvering, keeping the the shot on i think he took a shot sort of whiffed on it or was deflected but then it went right to the stick of uh grohl who did a little turnaround and, yeah. and scored it that one was sort of a bit of a backbreaker you, you almost thought you, you want to get into the end of the second up two but when mankato scores that second goal giving him that extra life and then going into the third period up until the time that morton scores the tying goal Pretty classic doll stall going on, I thought, from the Husky standpoint. Yeah. And the doll stall was leaking oil. I think I, I texted a buddy at that point. When they when they tied it up, it's like, yeah, it, it had been uh, creaking there, and, and you can almost see that one coming. 
And uh, very nice play by Morton. As I said, Zemer sort of took a chance on the body, missed. But a very a very nice play by Morton, who I thought was impressive, uh, as we mentioned in the weekend. Um, yeah, they, they've... I was surprised. I don't think we even mentioned Brendan Fury. Or Furry, is it? Furry. I did not realize until they mentioned on the broadcast that he was the preseason CCHA player of the year. Very quiet, I thought, on the weekend. Yeah. Sandlin, I thought, was very quiet. It's like the, this Morton had a great weekend. Uh, Celia had a good weekend. They had some guys in that those defense. I think Livingstone, even though he had some defensive mishaps, can tell that he's a good uh, you know, quarterback, power play, or just even even strength. Hirose also excellent on, on the back end. So they do have some some high-end guys. It's just the guys that at least the preseason CCHA media thought uh, with Furry did, didn't really – I think they even dropped him down to the fourth line on Saturday. Um, it's uh, If you're a Mankato fan, you're probably getting a little worried about that development. But then, you know, 3-3 three to three and thinking that this game's going to be salt going to overtime and – and then the uh, the play happens that we just spent ten minutes discussing. So uh, <laughs> right, exactly. But four to three, and like I said, we'll we'll take it, uh, and yep. uh, we'll take the six and zero oh, uh, too. Yeah, exactly. And Kato right now sits at three and three. Um, you know they had a tough start to the season. Sure. Um, uh, don't play. You know anybody who's ranked right now, they don't play anybody the rest of the season. That is that would be ranked right now, if that makes sense. And, and of course, that might so, that might change, but mm-hmm. it's not going to change all that much. And they'll be fine. I mean, the three and three yeah. here against the Gophers, St. Cloud, and Duluth. Duluth's got to got got to pick things up here, but wouldn't <laughs> well, be surprised yeah, that all three we'll, of those we'll all three of those are going to be tournament teams. So that's sort of their their formula. They got to play a tough non conference schedule. Uh, in order to make ups for the kind of the weak schedule that they have in conference, but based on what I saw here against St. Cloud, they should cut through the CCHA like butter. Um, so, yeah. uh, wouldn't I would think this is a single-digit loss team, Mankato. Meaning from yes, St. from St. Cloud's perspective, these wins are gigantic, which is good. Very much so. Um, so uh, your Go Huskies woo player of the weekend. Um, this, uh, if you want, uh, you know, I, I, I got dragged a little bit, uh, on Twitter for, for waiting so long to get to it last time. So well, we didn't forget uh, about it this, you know, this week. I didn't forget about this time, but still we're an hour into the show here. Oh, this will be a long time. one this week. <laughs> so, um, for, uh, go Huskies whoop, uh, he, his vote, uh, goes to Grant Crookshank. Um, uh, just, you know, saying that, you know, Okabe was also a really good choice, but uh Crookshake, obviously his um you know, his 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 weekend overall was just dynamic in you know pretty much every aspect. Um I didn't get a really chance to say it, but oh man, we were atrocious on face offs this weekend. Oh my god. That was I mean that's <laughs> a huge like part could. huge part of the possession game that Mankato won is just because they especially Friday, they just slaughtered the Huskies on face offs. Yeah. So um but yeah, obviously uh uh two goals and an assist and you know, I talked about him also in the uh, be- beginning of the show. Um that you know, Moscow buried them on the death chart there in Minnesota. And now it's looking like a very, not very good coach of the year move 
to to keep him stifled. Um, but your uh, your uh, your player of the weekend, uh, who you got? I, I I don't like I don't like being back to back, like do, having the same player of the weekend in back to back weeks. And I I also mm-hmm. don't like also I don't like doubling up with Go Huskies Woo. But I have to agree with Crookshank. I would have given it to Okabe if he would have, you know. You know, like hit the score sheet on Saturday. I just don't think he was much of a fact, as much of a factor on Saturday than he was on Friday. And the other thing too is these goalies keep flip flopping. Like if if we're going to give it to the tandem goalies, I would have given it to them at one at some point at one of the three weekends. But because they're splitting time, I, I don't feel that it's right to give one of them the player of the weekend for both games. So it's I think it's got to be Crookshank uh, as well um, and. Basically, for what we've said already in the show, and he's just coming up with those huge key goals and turning point goals, like, uh, and yeah. and so, I, I, is it three for three again? Is that what you're going for? Or you got you got something different. I mean, yeah, it is. It is three for three. It's tough to argue um, that that it's not. But I mean, a lot of what Crookshank was able to do too was set up by his line. And set up by the chances he was offered, he was just kind of the lucky, or maybe not lucky recipient of those bounces, but, you know, because he's got to put himself into those positions, whereas, you know, some players like Mietnan, you know, sometimes doesn't put himself into those prime scoring areas. And, you know, to see Crookshank there and getting those chances, I mean, we've had beautiful passes by, um, you know, uh, Okabe and by um, uh, Kupka and... Miller and whatnot. So it was it really that line, especially that line on, on Saturday was um, just dynamic. Uh, but you know, you, yeah, I think you do still have to give it to Crookshank and I got to eat a little bit of crow too. Cause I've been really impressed with the uh, Kupka's play. Yeah. Um, and I've been really hard on him, you know, for the past four years. Right. <laughs> so, um, uh, Dylan Hanhorn, like I said, I thought he had a, a, a good weekend as well. Saved the game, I think, on Saturday or on Friday, um, uh, with the stick out of the way. Um, and I thought he was pretty good also, um, on Saturday. Um, you know, see, beating a team of this caliber also without Ludke, um, yep. I think again goes a lot to, to the depth of this defensive team. Um, and then I thought Micah was just a buzzsaw, um, as well, especially on that Saturday game. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, again, three for three. I I think he's kind of the standout player uh, with Crookshank, but a lot of people did really well in their roles, and I think that's kind of a key to having a deep team that everyone kind of, you know, plays a role and excels in it, so. Yeah, you bet. So, um. Switching over then, uh, next week we got a home and home uh, with uh, uh, Bemidji. And it's, you know, you go, you know, previous, you know, or recent history, you kind of say, okay, well, Bemidji State, meh, you know, we should be able to kind of take care of that. Every once in a while they do have kind of a, a surprising game where they see like they beat a North Dakota or something like that, or uh, they give some teams fits. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a series that I definitely kind of look past kind of at the beginning of the season, uh, when I looked at it as Mankato and then, okay, we kind of have, you know, 
uh, kind of a swall here or kind of a, a lull here with Bemidji and then go back up to Denver and Western Michigan and then go, kind of go down. You know, this is kind of the wave on the down, but Bemidji so far this year, um, you know, they're, it, it's early. We don't know how good Michigan Tech is, but they're coming off a five-two and a two-two tie. Uh, Arizona State, they you know five. Um, they put up five. They got shut out the night before, but um, they put up five against them. But you know what I'm really surprised to see is just overall the amount of shots on goal that they're putting on. Um, they had a little bit less against uh, uh, Michigan Tech on. Saturday, but Friday they put up 42 shots on Michigan Tech. You, you don't see Bemidji putting 42 shots on a weekend against teams in the past. So I don't know what territory has in the water there at uh, in, in what Lake Bemidji probably right. That's so it's um yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be it's it's gonna be an interesting series where it's it, it's not one where we can let off the gas. And um, Crookshake, after one of the games, you know, was kind of saying that they, they took a little bit to heart about where they were in the rankings and and how they felt a little bit slighted. And now they're definitely getting the props in those rankings now. But, you know, this isn't, you know, I think you said it earlier, you can't really get a big head here. And you got to really hunker down and just really take care of business because you can't undo all of the good things that you did over uh you know against uh uh Mankato. So what are your what are your thoughts? Yeah, just the four games so far this year for Bemidji. It's you know, Huskies have played six, some teams have played eight games already this year, so uh, a light start to the schedule and, for Bemidji. And Ivies have played zero. Ivy well it'll start this weekend finally. I know that they're special and they don't get to start until, you know, Halloween weekend. But uh so yeah, just the four games. Um, yeah, they they had they came back on Friday against Tech. They were down two nothing, scored the final five goals of that game, and then they were up two nothing on Saturday, including up with uh, you know extra attacker last minute or minute and a half when when Tech ties it up, and then Bemidji scores an extra league league point with the uh, shootout uh, on Saturday. So two one and one. Two one zero zero and two one zero one and zero. I think I what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're mentioning Jim Rich's head explodes right now. <laughs> mentioning that they uh, put up some shots. I, I think in the last few years they've 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 gone away from the you know I'm going to make Jock Lemaire blush uh, with my Bibbidi Beaver trap. They've been going away from that a little bit. You know they brought in the Cylinder. Uh, brothers, uh, the last few years they had the Fitzgerald, what quadruplets or whatever, the the spy <laughs> kids. Uh, so they've been going away from that sort of uh, the, the traditional sort of um, Bemidji that we know and love. But I forgot, did we ever have a Fitzgerald from Fitzgerald and Fitzgerald goal? I think we did once. Finally, well, I'm sure we did. I mean, they played they played four years there. I'm sure we did. They played on the same line. I thought, I think so. Uh, I would I mean, imagine we def- so. We definitely had paling from paling and paling. That's right. Yeah. So I'm sure they did. Uh, but uh, but the cylinders, as I mentioned, are no longer there. Uh, Owen, who had a 47 point year last year, I-, I was surprised to to remember that. But he gone. He gone to the pros. 
Um, and the, the younger one, Lucas, uh, still has NCAA eligibility, and he transferred to Arizona State. So he would have already had his quick reunion up in Bemidji when the Sun Devils played up there. Their top four scoring forwards from last year are, are all either left, uh, graduated, or signed a pro deal. So they lost their top four forwards from points production standpoint. The only other guy in the top five was a defenseman that's returning. Um, uh, Elias Rosen, I think is his name. I, I had the name here before, but then I lost. Yeah, Rosen. Uh, Rosen, yeah, he's got the, the little accent mark there. Um, he's put up, he's put up like 20, he's like averaged 23, 24 points in, in his career there for Bemidji. So high scoring defenseman for the point there, but um so far this year, um, you know, having to replace all those points, as I mentioned, top four leading scorers from the forward position, dipped into the transfer portal. Their leading scorer right now, six points in four games, a guy named Mitchell Martan, who transferred from Canisius. Their second leading scorer is Eric Martin. They got Martan and Martin. Uh, done. That, that won't be confusing for Jim Rich. Um, but uh, Martin has five points. He's only got one game, though, so I guess that's a plus. That's right. Yeah, he's only got the Saturday game, I guess. Um, also brought in a couple of other transfers. This Caden Pickering from St. Lawrence. Jackson Judding from CC. That name might be familiar to old WCHA fans. The uh, nephew of Troy Judding, the uh, old Mankato coach. Uh, the old, like, six foot eleven Mankato coach, Troy, Troy Judding. <laughs> Um, guy is a tall guy. Both of their goaltenders, uh, who they had last year, uh, Scholl and Enright, they're both back. Huskies would have seen both of them last year. They, they flip-flopped, similar to how the caster and Bassey situation is going. And of the four games, Scholl has played three, Enright one. So wouldn't be surprised if they split time here. Uh, early in the season, we just don't. We're still in that sort of... We're in a weird spot in the season where we're still kind of hinging on last year's stats to kind of fill in the gaps, but we're also got, you know, some early results from this year. So it's still sort of a transition between is it last year or is it this year? Like what, what do we, what's the sample size that we want to look at here? So, um, but considering what they lost last year and the fact that the Huskies were able to, to handle them in, in the sweep last year, like, like I said early in the show, I mean, if you have swept Mankato, you should be able to sweep Bemidji. I know you're playing up in Bemidji on Friday and road game and all that. Uh, St. Cloud has dominated this series. Schedules different. And- yeah. Uh, St. Cloud has handled this series very well. Just one uh, loss in the last 12 games, going dating back to 2013. So basically in the NCHC era, when then these teams have played almost every year. Uh, in that time period in, in non-conference and just one Bemidji win and a couple of ties and the rest of those St. Cloud wins. So this is a matchup that St. Cloud has been able to handle uh, historically, but that doesn't mean anything this weekend. You, get, you still got to play some, some good, good hockey and um, haven't heard anything about Lutke. Like I mentioned a few weeks ago, would be surprised to see him back before conference play started and probably longer than that. But I guess there is that possibility of him getting cleared to play whenever he can be back and whether he's when, the, when, whenever he is deemed healthy to play, he will be in the lineup. Um, but uh, something to keep an eye on there. But um, I, I'm feeling, like I said, I, I have a sort of 
weird feeling about this weekend just because I, 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 I almost feel like uh, they're going to drop on this weekend. But looking on paper, uh, the way the Huskies are going and, the, and their history against Bemidji and what Bemidji's got back this year, this is a favorable matchup for the Huskies. So uh, I just I don't want I don't want to see a, a sort of flat performance here, uh, and I'm confident that that uh, this team is is above that. You know that that they have eyes on the prize here, and, and they're not going to take this weekend lightly because of the results from last weekend. So let's hope uh, that's that's my. Uh, that's my take on that, and let's just uh, see a couple of a couple of good games and just some business like wins here. That's that's what I'm looking at, the, looking for this weekend. Yeah, and l- yeah, looking at some of the other stats, and again, like you said, we're at that weird time of the season where stats don't really mean a lot right now. But um, you know, Bemidji's penalty kill right now was at sixty six percent. You know, and. Uh, with uh, our power play, you know, at 28%, our penalty kill, you know, we finally gave up a power play goal, um, you know, at, at sitting at 95. You know, it, yeah, on paper, it's definitely one that we should take care of, but it's definitely one that I can feel we can look past if, you know, if we're thinking too much about uh, Denver on the horizon. So it's it's going to be an important one. Um, you know, these are the games that you can't afford to drop in college hockey. Uh, at you know, at the same time, it's not you know I'm not going to be chicken little here. Um, if things kind of go go haywire, but it's uh, I, I'm excited to see how how they respond to a little more um national spotlight on them, yeah. uh, uh, so to speak. That's a good point. You know, that's that's a something like last year. Once they hit number one, which they were like in early November, I think it was when they played Omaha, and they kind of had a you know they they kicked ass on Friday and then they lost that overtime game to Omaha. I think that was the weekend that they were number one. They may have been number one in October as well, but it seemed like that, that was their peak of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And not that it was all downhill I mean, they still made the tournament, but there was only one way to go from first. Uh, so yeah, you don't want to peak too early, of course, but at the same time, you, you don't want to complain about six and zero and, and six uh, regulation wins, and, and eight and zero would be even better, um, especially going into Denver. But uh, but yeah, I I I, ho- I think that that is especially with the amount of guys that are on this group or on this team that were on that team were on the team last year, remembering that sort of early season peak did not sort of and the early season number one ranking did not stay very long uh hopefully that will be some more motivation i'm surprised that you, i mean you mentioned that they obviously are aware of the ustro rankings in the st cloud uh um clubhouse and uh so i don't yeah well, we can make some yeah. we'll make some brown jokes about that later but uh, <laughs> i don't know if they should really f- take a ton of stock into that but i i guess it's the oh, only yeah. poll that you got or that in the usa today poll I don't know. I, I feel it's kind of silly, yeah. silly to bandy that about, especially this time of year, so early in the season still. But if they wanted to use that as motivation, maybe they'll use the "Hey, we're not number yeah. one, right?" You know, Minnesota's yeah. got a couple of losses on their record, and here we are at six and zero, and we're not even number one. Like, come on, let's <laughs> prove it. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe there still is some motivation to be had there. Um, it's. You know, uh, sitting at six and zero, oh, uh, we started the 2017-2018 season. We started uh, that seven and zero, oh, 
um, before, um, you know, we got swept at Denver. <laughs> so, I mean, um, and then I don't want to talk about how that season ended, so we're not going or to. The, or the next season, uh, for that matter. Yeah. I think there were, I think, I think there were that seven season and we only I think there were seven and all that year too in in Larson's first year. Maybe am I missing a Nope, there were only there were 5 and 0. Oh. And, and then the Northeastern loss. Then the Northeastern I, loss for some and reason, then we And then we went from November 2nd to um January 4th against Union without a loss. Okay. I was at that you I was at that Northeastern game. Um, I was at the, I went to the Boston here, but, uh, I, for some reason I thought that was late. Seven rep. They had more games, uh, in the season before that series. But I I suppose if it was like late October, yeah, it would have been, you know, five, six games there. So, yeah. So that, yeah, this team has been there before. Larson has coached teams that have gone off to these good starts in the past. We know how some of those have ended. Not so, not so, um, impressive, but, um. Keep the foot on the gas and uh, keep the target in mind and just uh, take care of business. The 03-04 season, which, again, I think there could be like a book written about that season. I think you were going to be the one Uh, to write that book. uh, There was a tie in there with Michigan Tech, but we went the first nine games unbeaten. Nine. Nine Nine times. Yeah, we were eight zero and one. Is that was that your first year on campus? That was okay. Yeah. So you're a year older than I am. So I, 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 my first year was was a bad year. So I don't, I don't personally have any re- remembrances of that o three o four team. You mm. are carrying that torch solo on this podcast. I only remember that o four o five. Dave Ionazzo, is that his name? That team was not very good. And oh, that, was, yeah. that was Dolls last year. They were not uh, not so hot, but uh, still have some good memories from that year, just because that was the first year of of was, my time. On that campus. was Gordon's. That was Gordon's, Gordon's first uh, year, freshman yep, year, that's right? right? Yep. Um, so yeah, the the, the pieces yep, were big. He was he was born to score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Montgomery, so. I think, was the goalie, or Boron? Was it Boron? Maybe both of them. Uh, um, yeah, both of them were. They kind of split time. I okay. think Boron did most, but Monty was. Got some time in there too, um, but I say that there could be a uh, a book written about the o three o four is because uh, you know we were poised obviously to you know I mean we didn't have a loss until mid November, and then the wheels kind of fell off, and then we tried to get it back, and then we lost the last seven mm-hmm. and four to Minnesota because mm-hmm. um, we had the last season was at Mariucci, and then the standings. The five and six teams that played each other was and Minnesota. Also, at was Mary the Uchi. five, and Saint Cloud was the six. Ugh. And then, but it was it was weird because that that whole season was like I don't know. Minnesota was like, like they were a much better team than the five and the standings indicated. It was a weird season. It was weird because we got like looking at those games like we just got crushed, and really all of those last games um, we lost. Uh, 3-0 to Wisconsin, 7-1 to CC, 5-2 to Colorado College, 7-4 to Minnesota, 4-2, 6-1, 7-3. Like everything just went hit belly up. I think it was season. they must have been it must have been 4-5 actually. 
I think that was a just ten team league then. If I'm yeah, if I'm well, not if there mistaken. were ten teams, then the top five got home ice. Got it. Am I? To- yeah, yeah. I'm 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 the idiot yeah. here. I'm thinking eight teams for some reason. God, yeah, I'm an idiot. NCHC. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too much NCHC in my head. Edit that out. Um, but yeah, uh, not not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. <laughs> so. But anyway, I dig that's that's our you know we're old uh, yes portion of the show so yeah so that a uh, little bit of a preview about uh, what what what's coming here for Bemidji hopefully we can win a face off that would be nice yep. um so and um, I saw that Lukey was skating um, and it sounds like you know w- with him I feel like there's no real need to rush him back i feel like this defensive core is strong even if um you know i don't you know i think i think we got some room to play with on the defensive side so i'm not too concerned about you know we need to rush him back maybe it'd be nice to get it if he is ready to get a game against bemidji before you know no. going right to denver uh but either way you know it, it, when it's going to happen it's going to happen i think he's going to be ready and there's no need to get him out on the ice right away with how well everything is clicking. Yeah. yeah, I think that Wiley's been playing pretty decent. I mean, I would say that he's sort of the winner of the ice, the freer ice time or the ice time availability due to Lukey's injury. He only played the Friday game. Wiley did this week. They actually gave uh, Reiners uh, some action on Saturday. Uh, Wiley's sitting in favor of Reiners uh, as that seventh defense. Um, but yeah. uh, the the defense, like I've, you know, I've, Notice some things about Bushy, and we've got some nitpicks with with Pert and and Zemer here and there that we've mentioned. But all in all, it's been a pretty sound uh, unit so far. And so, mm-hmm. but Lukey's a guy that he, he's he's one. I mean, he's one of your top two defensemen going into the season, or top three, depending on how how good you see uh, Pert. Um, so, uh, definitely a guy that we could use and so yeah I, i'd love to see him. maybe yeah play that if he's okay to go maybe that saturday home game and get him some action before uh before he head out to denver i think that's a that's not a bad idea but obviously he's got to wait for the wait for the green light we're not the doctors here yep. so yep exactly so um we'll uh kick around to the uh rest of the league and the college hockey but i believe we have a sponsor uh, so if you want to go ahead and uh, kick off the ad read, um, uh, take it away. Yeah, this. I mean, you're you're hopefully you've you've figured out Andrew is not the best salesman because when I was selling these spots, I was selling them under our summer schedule. You know, once a month. Uh, we're back in season here, so it's every week yeah. now. We have a podcast, so that's four more spots available. Uh, Four sponsorship opportunities on the Huskies Hockey Podcast. So, I mean, we've, we've got one back, and it's one of our favorites coming back this week. I, again, I'm selling them on the monthly package, but I'm trying. The wheels are in motion here to get them uh, on, a, on a weekly package. So, But back by popular demand, it's everybody's favorite. Today's po- podcast is brought to you by Grandpaid. Grandpaid, everybody. Grandpaid is a leader in sports drinks specifically targeted to people over the age of 60. Each can of Grandpaid is custom engineered with a blend of vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that gives seniors the ability to go the distance and feel their strongest. Whether it's playing in your senior hockey league, relaxing with some chair yoga, 
or half power walking around the mall, Rampade is the secret for strength and stamina. Noted 2001 Wimbledon champion Goran Ivanisevich says, Grandpade serves me right, keeps me on the ball, and makes sure I'm not at fault. Grandpade is proud to announce the debut of Grandpade Jr., perfect for those young whippersnappers in the 40 to 59 demographic. Listeners to the Huskies Hockey Podcast can get 20% off and get a free keychain can opener when you go to grandpade.net slash order and enter the promo code HUSKY. That's grandpade.net slash order and enter the promo code H-U-S-K-Y. Grandpaid. To stay golden in your golden years, choose Grandpaid. G-R-A-M-P-A-I-D. Grandpaid. Thank you so much uh, for, for Grandpaid. Well, for, uh, it's good to have them back. Good to have them back. Yep. Exactly. So, um, yeah, around the league, uh, heck of a heck of a weekend in college hockey. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the big series, North Dakota, Minnesota. Um, and both ended in overtime, uh, overtime victories for each team. Uh, and, uh, what were, what were your, uh, thoughts on Pitlick throwing the stick out (laughs) after scoring the second goal? I hope he, I hope he liked, I hope he really savored it because it'll be the last time he ever does it. Uh, unless it's a game winner, like you said, it was unless the, it's a game winner, the dumbest which... thing was that it was it was during the game, so he he had a ten minute misconduct to to sit and 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 think about how and watch how... North Dakota rattle off four goals. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. Betchamatsko uh, had a little talking to uh, after the game about that one, but uh, yeah, it was an interesting series. I was able to watch a fair amount of it. I mean. They started the game earlier than the Huskies game on Friday. So basically watched first period of the Gopher-North Dakota game on Friday and then basically watched the last period on Saturday because the Huskies game was was over uh, at that point. So, And sort of had it in my iPad. I, I got a setup where I got an iPad with like a secondary game that I'm sort of cycling through as I'm sort of watching that during commercial breaks of the Husky game. So. As you're... Cycling through Flow Sports and Sports, TV, ESPN and Plus, Big Ten, Big Ten Plus. Plus. It's I got a problem, man. Um, but uh, that was a good game. I mean, both, that series it could have been a sweep either way. You know, like North Dakota having a late lead on Friday, Gophers with a tying goal late, and, and then North Dakota with a two goal lead in into the third period on Saturday. Gophers tying that up, and I thought the Gophers kind of had the, they had the puck possession and shot advantage throughout the whole weekend too. I mean, very easily they could have swept both games in regulation, for that matter. So, classic sort of back and forth rivalry weekend. Look like the crowd is keyed up for that one. You know, it does make me even like I know that maybe you're maybe you said that you're getting sick of the pining for the WCHA days, but God, it wouldn't, it would be, I think a little better if these were <laughs> conference games, um, just would it, or uh, more deeper I mean, into the season, yeah. deeper into the season, I think, uh, at least, but especially when I also compared, uh, the man, the Mankato St. Cloud game to oh, old WCHA days, right? Everyone listening is like, okay, boomer. I know that that's getting, so. getting tiresome. And, but at the same time, like it does remind me at least, uh, how good it was back in those days. Um, but it looks like the crowd, like Mariucci's saw this at the end of last year, 
setting attendance records, I think, in that Big Ten title game against Michigan. Bobby has brought them back. Uh, and and mm-hmm. the attendance was, was getting a little dicey there with uh, under Lucia's in his last couple of years. And there's a lot of factors. I was, you know, I'm an attendance nerd. Went on like a deep dive years ago. And there was a lot of factors beyond college hockey and beyond the conference split even. There's sports-wide issues as far as why attendance is, is down for various sports. But college hockey has its own sort of unique unique ones too, unique reasons for that drop-off. But seeing some of these teams rebound with, with good attendance, uh, like the Gophers, is, it's good to see, and I, I hope they, they can keep that up. And obviously being able to, to keep North Dakota on the schedule on a regular basis is a, is a huge factor in that. Just from my perspective, like what I don't like is, from St. Cloud's perspective, I think there is a sense of duty to keep the Minnesota teams on the non-conference schedule, the ones that aren't in the w, in the NCHC. So you want to play Mankato, you want to play Bemidji, you want to play the Gophers somewhat regularly. Like, if not every year, like every other year. The problem there is that that, that takes up all your non-conference slots. Like, St. Cloud would usually always play an Eastern team at least once in non-conference. They used to play like the ECAC uh, you know, a bunch. They've, you know, Quinnipiac, they play back in the day in, in season. They even played Brown, our favorite ECAC team. I remember <laughs> a, a series against Brown, I don't know, 2010, 2011, somewhere in that range. But because you're, you know, you've, you've got 10 non-conference games, and if you're playing, at least this year, you're playing six of those games against these Minnesota schools, and then, then you have St. Thomas joining the fray, too, and you want to play them because they're a local-ish team. Uh, you know, you don't really have the variance in the non-conference schedule that you once did. So that's the one sort of downside from one of the downsides in my mind is that, yeah, 10 years ago, all these games would have just been conference games played somewhat deeper in the season. And October, November would sort of be a rotating set of characters. Yeah, we got Clarkson this weekend. We've got... uh, you know, Bowling Green. I don't know. Yeah, just insert the uh, the different team. Like back to back years now, we've had the same kind of non conference opponents. I I kind of want a little variance, but at the same time, I like seeing these Minnesota teams too. I don't know why I'm off on this tangent. We were talking about North Dakota and Minnesota, <laughs> but uh, it was a good series. So we'll get well, back. I mean, back to I get I. I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I think this is just also kind of the deal or the payback from right after COVID when everybody was trying to keep things local. Right. Yeah, um, no, that, you that, know, because, yeah, yeah, it was 1920 when we played Princeton, um, you know, and then we played at Northern Michigan. And um, so, I mean, it wasn't that long ago where we had those other seasons. So I think yeah, we still know, have that. Eventually, we will get back to that i mean we played alaska you know so i think eventually we will get back to that what union robert morris we played that was the that was a robert morris tournament and they were i mean they were supposed to oh that's they had one they had one extra trip to boston i mentioned that larson's first year they went to bc and northeastern that was part of a four-year deal between those two schools where bc came one year for two games at St. Cloud, then they then St. Cloud went out to Boston to play one game each. Northeastern came out would have been the 1920 season, 
And so St. Cloud was supposed to go back out to Boston, would have been in the fall of 2020, but we obviously all know what happened then. I'm wondering, I mean, in order to get another deal to go there, you might have to do like set up another four year contract, which I mm-hmm. hope they do. Like, it doesn't need to be BC and Northeastern. It could be BU. It could be, you know, you got play the long things. game. Have it be UConn. <laughs> let's play the long game here. Let's get uh, let's get a husky let's all get husky Huskies. tournament. Uh, I hey, but. and as far as the WCHA, the old WCHA teams, I think the only one they haven't played is Michigan Tech. Speaking of Huskies, and that used to be a nice, cute little kind of rivalry uh, with with Michigan. And we mm-hmm. did play them in the tournament that one year, I guess. Uh, but as far as on the schedule, it's that's a drivable t- uh, trip too. And and wasn't that uh, wasn't that Judd Peterson who scored the game winning goal in that game? You might be right. Now I don't remember. I know that Brodzinski tied it up late. That was like a last-minute goal to tie it, to go into overtime. It was a breakaway because I remember the the Michigan Tech defenseman took a dump at the line, and and maybe it was Peterson. I I can't remember. But uh, that was, yeah, that was a good game. but that's the only time they've played Michigan Tech since then. I, I do, like you said, I like the Husky-on-Husky Husky action. And uh, that would be a, a decent uh, non-conference uh, series to go. Because it seems like we've played Northern Michigan a bunch of times. Like, not not just that first Larson year, but mm-hmm. going back to going back a little bit, I, I think they, they, did a, they had another you know, two-year home-and-home series that they played with them too. So it seems like we've get, we get plenty of them, but haven't gotten any uh, of, of Michigan tech. So that would be nice. Yes, to, that to was, that was Judd. It was Peterson. Okay. Yeah. Like two separate Judd Peterson drops on this podcast. <laughs> this is, uh, we are living the dream. Yep, exactly. So, um, and then, I mean, I guess the elephant at the deck we got to get into here is just, I can't, God, they, that would have been so great, but I keep forgetting they don't play at the deck anymore. I am oh. showing my age. Jeez. I was wondering where elephant, we're going with that. I, I did The elephant in Amsoil, I yeah. guess, is what we can call it. Uh, Wisconsin, who we, I don't know, I guess kind of ripped last, uh, <laughs> last episode, uh, goes up and uh, sweeps Duluth. And, you know, Duluth was kind of my... Maybe a surprise pick. I had them pick number two preseason. That's looking like a bad pick right now. Oh, you're fine. Um, you're fine. As- you're fine. This is one of those years where Duluth sleepwalks for the first half, and then they kick it in high gear and win a national title. So they will win a national title. Just, uh, just uh, have patience. <laughs> just have patience. They lost their last four. Um, obviously, they got swept at in Mankato, and then now uh, swept to Wisconsin. Um, where they lost uh, two nothing and uh, three nothing, but also Minnesota Duluth. No, it was four to two. I think that first game they they didn't get shut out twice, did they? Uh, five to two. Okay, but and, and then three nothing. But it's it's looking pretty obvious they're having scoring issues. I mean, they can't score, and uh, you know with get, with bringing guys like Howard in thought that that wasn't going to be as much of a problem is that that has been sort of the issue with them in the past. If it, if they have had an issue, it's maybe 
scoring and scoring depth. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and then transitioning to Stasekal as being their number one goaltender. I, I haven't watched enough of the games to, to make, make a statement, a bold statement about how well he's played. But I, I bet you they're kind of missing Fanti or name any of the other, like Shepard or any of their other uh, national title tested goalies that they've, that they've developed over the years. But yeah, I bet that they're uh, sounding the alarms there. And it's not, it's going to be interesting. They got Cornell this weekend. Ivy's finally getting to it. As we mentioned, they're starting playing hockey for, for real. You know, they've had some exhibition games here and there, but so Cornell playing their first games of the year. You wonder if it's rest or rust. But also having the opportunity to, to maybe, you know, get a Duluth team that's that's down right now and licking its wounds might be a decent time for Cornell to to start their season. We shall see. I mean, from St. Cloud's perspective, having Wisconsin win those games, hey, fine, fine by me. Anything we should yeah. root for Wisconsin. I mean, that's I don't really want to, but. Those wins will look better, as mentioned, you know, with Mankato probably having a very good year this year uh, and St. Cloud sweeping them is going to look mighty good in the pairwise. Hey, we should want Wisconsin to, to win 25 games and make the tournament because that makes that those those two wins in Madison look all that better. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not against that. But at the same time. St. Cloud's also got to play Duluth, so it's like the, you don't want Duluth to be too bad either. And I thought, on the whole, sort of another kind of underwhelming weekend for the conference. Uh, you know, you had the, yeah. the Duluth getting swept, North Dakota getting one overtime win in in, in Minneapolis, Omaha uh, you know, lose losing over. I think they both went to overtime there as well, losing one and winning one in overtime. CC getting manhandled at Arizona State. Um, what else did we have? Western Michigan uh, splitting with uh, Notre Dame. Miami, give them props. Sweeping Canisius, it's Canisius, but Miami's looking better than they have uh, in years uh, based on their multiple wins here in October. Uh, but yeah, and Denver taking care of business with uh, with Providence, a win and then an overtime win. I'm not calling that a sweep, um, because you don't get the full uh, pairwise points with an overtime win. But still, two non you know a win and a overtime win, good result against a decent Providence team. So I guess not as bad as what it was last last week for the NCHC. But as we mentioned. If the uh, I mean, the conference can get in, the only reason that the conference is going to be able to get in like five teams that it did last year was because the conference did so well in non-conference. Um, not looking like it's going to be as as hot of a non-conference record as it was last year. So um, keep an eye on that. I mean, just uh, yeah. expecting more from some of these you know, like Duluths and North Dakotas, you know with Quinnipiac and then the Gophers this weekend, just getting one win out of those four games. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a development. It, this, this might be big reason, kind of, uh, a big factor come uh, tournament time yeah. that the NCHC is mm-hmm. not going to, not going to have as good of a year as it has in years past. Now I'm just doing a little bit of back of the napkin math uh, here, but if I have this right, and if the, 
CHN stats have it right. Minnesota Duluth has not scored an even strength goal since the second period against Arizona State. Oh. They have gone 264 minutes and 40 seconds without scoring a goal in even strength. I'll take your word for it. That's how bad the Bulldogs have been trying to trying to get um get on the score sheet there and even in strength and the drought that we've had there. And again, not against premier teams. I mean, it's you know, that Wisconsin team you know, not being able to score an even strength goal on them over the weekend. It's that is definitely concerning. Um, yeah, I would agree. Did, did you have a, a thought on the, uh, the mini line brawl handshake brawl that happened in Omaha? I did not see that. Which, uh, which game was that? That was after uh, Sunday's game. Okay. So I, I watched the end of it and i why i just turned it off right after they scored the overtime oh, goal you, so you, you turned it off i soon. turned it off at the, um, the just the wrong time what uh we're well, talking like ha- hackstall uh north dakota gophers good like we get flipping the birds at all or what um, how good was it i i think we had some language from some of my sources down in omaha slash people on twitter from omaha um but yeah so apparently kind of what stemmed from was Alaska's game winning goal on on Friday, Friday night right I don't um, know why they didn't play Saturday they don't have a football yeah. team so I don't know why they didn't play on Saturday but I digress hmm. there, there could have been a there, there could have been another event going could have been on, on a there, road, rodeo so. or something yeah exactly so um but they uh, apparently Alaska scored the game-winning goal that day and celebrated right in front of Omaha's bench. I did see and, that, and I did. And I Omaha, remember because I was laughing that Omaha lost, and then I'm like, "Oh wow, there's like," and even like the refs were circling because they're like, "What are you doing?" Yep. yep oh, yep, so yep. that even carried over through that the, carried through over the idle Saturday Sunday. till the yep. Sunday game, and then till did they Sunday, did they do Omaha the Omaha scored? And, we'll and do, we're going to do crotch, right crotch chops right in front of the bench. <laughs> just And then all of everybody went over in front of the bench over at Alaska and celebrated in front of them. And again, the refs circled up and tried to push them away. And um, yeah, they uh, tried to usher, usher uh, Omaha back. And for some reason, they didn't just say, okay, we're done and leave the ice. Uh, they still said, you know, we should shake hands. And sure enough, some fisticuffs ensued there. And I think even like some, like the athletic director or someone from Omaha walked out on the ice to say something. I don't know. Like that's what it was when the guys in suits, either the coaches or uh, athletic directors. I don't know if I've ever seen that, but when Mm -hmm. those guys are getting into it that's when it gets good this will teach me to 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 turn off an uh, omaha game always always wait for the handshakes right you you never know when 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 anything's gonna happen there so um but yeah like you said overall not a good showing on the weekend um for uh for the nchc um kind of looking around here uh we do open up conference play um 
we as in the conference does. Uh, Denver and Miami, or Denver Travis to, travels to Miami uh, to play. Um, Air Force uh, plays Colorado College. Like you said, uh, Ivy starts, so Cornell's playing. Um, and then also, are we getting Brown? Uh, does Brown Brown play does or? play. They got Yale, home and home. So we can see the uh, the magic brown voter that uh, was not impressed with them uh, last week's poll. For my my uh, sources, now impressed with them this. Uh, my week's sources poll tell me this. that the Bears had a hell of a week in practice, and <laughs> there we go. They are back on the board, back with uh in the fury, and then Omaha. Uh, they travel to Long Island, hmm. uh, so again they're non-conference, and then. <laughs> really getting tough there but um so that's uh kind of a quick look around well, and and well, you, kinda... you may have missed perhaps the more intri- most intriguing one western michigan western michigan scheduled, michigan. scheduled to play michigan scheduled. so we'll see if that actually goes off but the uh, ghost of mel pearson would uh is gonna have some shenanigans there who to... was was on the record saying that he really wants to be in the building this weekend uh, I would I would want wait, that to happen. Wait, wait, what? Are you kidding me? He actually did. You no. read the uh, infamous Rink Live interview with him? No, I didn't want to. I didn't want to give him a platform. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, was... I don't blame you. But he mentioned, boy, I really want to show up there in Lawson. <laughs> uh, I, I'll give him credit if he tries, and if he survives, I would give him more credit. But. <laughs> There's a word in the English language called ballsy, and that would be ballsy. Mm. Yep. Um, yep, very much so. so. Um, oh, right, and, got a couple of and you also forgot oh, uh, the, the one-off, the uh, Hall of Fame game on Saturday in Vegas, uh, North Dakota playing Arizona State. Just the one game there, but it's on the strip. I believe it's in the, um, in the Knights, Golden Knights Arena. The last time that, uh, this is the second time that North Dakota's played in Vegas. They played the Gophers, I don't know, five years ago or so. But that was at not the Golden Knights rink. I think they have like an AHL facility that they played at. So this one's at the uh, the NHL rink. And, you know, Arizona State kind of getting used to their new digs. North Dakota, as we mentioned, you know, was able to salvage uh, one of the overtime wins in in uh, against the Gophers. But... Struggling against Quinnipiac, and they're sort of finding their groove too. So, I might check in on that game if I can. Uh, I, last year, I know they, the NCHC TV carried that Penn State game with them, the Hall of Fame game in, in Nashville. So, I'm, I'm assuming they're also going to uh, cover that game or offer that game on NCHC TV. If they do, I'll probably maybe that'll be my one of my iPad games that I'll cycle through. So, uh, it should be interesting to see to see that game. So, yeah. It's weird that just the one conference matchup, Miami against Denver, um, the, the conference sort of kicks into high gear. I think everyone's in conference play next weekend, including, of course, Huskies at Denver. It'd be interesting from Miami's perspective. Like I said, it looks like they've shown some life that they haven't shown in years with uh, you know, some wins with you know, over Canisius. And I think the one impressive win of the month was, was at Lowell who's a decent team, um, but uh, they're certainly not a... They still need to prove themselves, and what better way to prove themselves by playing 
well against Denver. If they can win one of those games, they'll be much more of a Miami believer. Um, and it'll be interesting from Denver's perspective because obviously that's St. Cloud's you know, opponent the week after. So I'll keep an eye on mm-hmm. that game as well. Uh, yeah, it's but mostly that this last sort of non-conference weekend for most of the teams, most of the conference, and uh, should be some uh, interesting offerings uh, this weekend. Sure enough, sure enough. Uh, a couple of questions that we got. Uh, first from uh, Nate Wells uh, wants me to talk about the. Uh, the the David Carl Safeway commercial, <laughs> which, um, if you're not familiar, uh, 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 David Carl, coach of uh, Denver, uh, has I don't know maybe some kind of sponsorship deal or um, he's getting that with, nil you know, money, you know the name, yeah, image, and likeness with uh, with the. Um, uh, a Safeway, which is like apparently a regional grocery store, uh, like a Colburn's or something like that. I might have to rec- uh, recuse myself from this question because Safeway happens to give me a paycheck every week. So, oh, well, I, I'm quite familiar with Safeway. Gotcha. It's it's a little so, more than a regional chain. Um, it's uh, they Kroger okay. Kroger, who's the number one grocery chain, uh, just announced that they're going to buy Safeway Albertsons which is like the number one chain west of the Rockies. It's west coast and southwest is basically where, where Safeway is. And Albertson. There's a, there's I didn't a know it was, I guess stores. I didn't know it was that big. So when Kroger oh. buys them out, and if that goes through, if that merger goes through, that'll be the number one grocery chain in the country. Um, mm-hmm. So Safeway's pretty big. I mean, it's big, and I was in Oregon before this. It was huge there. It's huge down here. One of the biggest, um, one of the bigger... Uh, grocery chains in, in this part of the country, but I did not okay. see the uh, I did not see the David Carl ad. I'll have to check that out. Uh, D- David Carl, he's got the Penrose cup in the cart, and he's oh, filling no. up the cart and putting like heads of lettuce into the Penrose oh, no. cup, <laughs> and he's just so stiff and rigid, and he's got his uh, you know his his Denver logo shirt on. It's that long sleeve tee with like the collar that's like almost turtleneck type, but oh, still yeah. quarter zip. It just looks <laughs> stiff and rigid throughout the whole thing. Uh, it's on Denver's uh, uh, Denver Hockey Twitter, and I'll send it to you as well. I'll send you the... Yeah, the I, I need to check that out. I mean, it's not quite Ryan Suter quick trip bad, um, because <laughs> you know, David does a little... That's quite the uh, reference he does, there. <laughs> he, does, he does the voiceover. Um, he's not like talking a lot throughout um, like Ryan Suter did when it was like, I'm Ryan Suter. When I'm hungry, I like to fill up at Quick Trip. <laughs> it's just something that was terrible. Wasn't that bad. But seeing uh, uh, David Carl go ahead and uh, do that was just, it, it, it made me smile. It made me chuckle a little bit. So, um, Go Huskies Woo had a couple of questions. Uh, are the Huskies a legit number two or who cares because polls are useless? Useless. Um, are we a legit number two? Uh, maybe, but probably not. But I don't know exactly who's better. Like, I, I feel like now we can play with anybody. And if our defense and goalie keeps it up, like, I, you know, it's going to, we're going to be a really tough team to beat. So maybe we are. Yeah. But yeah. it's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about two, but I, I'm more so. Yeah, who cares about polls at, at this time of year, especially? Who cares about polls? Let's just win the games, 
And except Brown. Except Brown. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just win the games or win practices. And win practices, And the polls, exactly. you will get your respect, as do in the, the, uh, the polls. Uh, what would be 8-0 going into Denver? I think we will. I guess we didn't really get to uh, predictions about uh, the Bemidji. I do think we're going to sweep. Um, I mean, we should. But, I just I, I just yeah. have a hunch. I just have a bad hunch about this. They'll, they'll win the home game. The Huskies will win the home game. I just have a bad hunch about this at Bemidji game. And like I said, on paper, it should be like a 5-2 to win for the Huskies. But yeah, something about it doesn't it's i just i just don't have a great feeling about it sorry to be honest um yeah and then are the beavers legit and it's it's early to say they might be i haven't seen a lot of them play um when i had the the flow sports i I didn't get a chance to really watch any other games so excuse me for the bad show prep but um on yeah like on paper we we you know they 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 might be pretty good at you know they they had a good series against Arizona State, which Arizona State I know gets a lot of love uh, right now around the country. So we'll see. Um, but it's it's a series that I think they're gonna that the Huskies should sweep. So, um, uh, goal game play, pace is hard to keep, but is it too early to think Crookshank is gonna have a really big year? Um. I th- I think he's going to have a big year. Um, will he get to twenty goals? I don't know. Um, I was gonna I was gonna put it. I was gonna. We had Fitzgerald. I I think I misspoke last episode, or maybe the episode before. I shortchanged him. He was the leader leader in points with thirty six last year. So let's set that as the par. Is he going to exceed thirty six points? If I were yes. I mean, certainly the pace, say, the pace that he's at now, I don't think he can keep up that pace, but correct. I, I, I think the Fitzgerald role is exactly what he is filling into and he's out, mm-hmm. out producing the Fitzgerald role this year. I just hesitate because he's been a 20 point scorer at most in his four years, but he's already halfway there and we're six games deep into this season. Yeah. I have a good. I, I said that after the St. Thomas series, which was not sort of before his coming out party, if you will, with Wisconsin and Mankato weekends. I said that he's gonna. He has the chance to. I believe I said he's got the chance to be the MVP of this team, and I'll stick by that. I don't know if yep. thirty-six points or not. I think that's right in that ballpark, though. I would. I, mm-hmm. I, that's where I'm gonna go with, and he's got a chance to exceed forty points if that if that line clicks. You know he's getting short. He's getting penalty kill time. Has he really been getting much play, uh, power play time here and there? I mean, he could, he could yeah. factor in more on that too. So it's funny. We haven't have we had a forty point score? Who's the last one? Maybe Newell in that two thousand nine eighteen nineteen season. Seems like it's been a while since we've cracked the forty point mark, and a lot of that is based on it's a tough schedule and it's 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 difficult to get 40 points in this league easier easier task we mentioned like Bemidji's got a guy that you know the cylinder was 47 points last year and Mankato had a bunch of guys over 40 points last year easier to do that in in a league like the CCHA than it is in the W or in the NCHC but this is uh this has got the potential right now 
in effect it's it's just great that that Crookshank line is still again in quotes the number two line on this team and we we're, we're talking about a possible 40 point season out of one of them so whatever um, it is i do think that 20, he's got the chance he's got a chance 2018 2019 um we had newell at 47 the Blake jackson Lizotte at 42 robbie jackson at 40 were you guys before i forgot about Lazada. i shouldn't have but uh but yeah so that's the last time that they've cracked 40 um but yep. uh i think a decent chance this year to do so so but even 2015 2016 Kosala had 54. Wow. What about... Uh, Benick had yeah, 48. Russ, Russell God. had uh, 41. And then Jimmy Murray had 39. And what, did Brodzinski, had what did Brodzinski have? We didn't have Brodzinski that year. 15, 16. Oh, okay. This was the Fair 7 State year. I was one year behind <laughs> that. I'm still take, thinking about that uh, Michigan Tech game. Still have that in my mind. Oh, sure enough, yeah. God, so he left after that. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And then Easton would have came in the year after that? God, my Brodzinski's, the timeline is, is off in my head. Yeah, Easton came in 17-18. Uh, 17-18. Okay, so there's two years in between there. Yep. Interesting. Interesting how your mind can Because remember, can there's, there's a Michael in there. That there is the, the Michael in there. And go and so, Bryce is still at the Gophers. Yeah, he watched right. this weekend. So, so yeah. But, but um, the the thing that gives me a little bit more, I guess, at ease, I guess you can say, um, in the fact that he can produce at that level still is like we have you have a line mate in Micah Miller who is your your buzzsaw who does everything, who does everything at a hundred percent. Um, he never takes the shift off. He's never going to lollygag. And you've had Kupka, who has really come on as his own as a player, um, who I feel is getting better every weekend. So, I mean, yeah, if you keep this up, I, I do see that, yeah, there is that potential to get that 40, 40 points, even though, yeah, it may be um, a lot more than his averages that he's had. But I think also we have a lot more weapons on this team than those Colorado college teams. So. And I think that Moscow did bury him quite a bit on in in situations in in Minnesota last year. Yeah, Kupka's a, an X factor too. Like if he's going to be the guy to 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 put in the greasy goals, that'll mean a lot of assists for Crookshank because they'll be probably mm-hmm. on one of the one of the two assists of of a lot of Kupka's goals, at least even strength goals. So that's an X factor too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems to have a knack for finding soft spots around the net, which is where a lot of our Fitzgerald is coming in, um, and a good fit with the line mates um, who work in battle for pucks in the corners and behind the net and usually come out with the puck. Um, it's it's I, it's kind of like a, a line that is really that kind of grind them out type line, but at the same time, they still score. <laughs> where sometimes it's those grinded out type of lines that kind of wear down the defense. And then you get the line change with, well, still having possession of the puck. Then your real scorers come on and put it in the net when the defense is tired. Um, that's kind of what you think of when you have kind of like a grinded out line, but this grinded out line is one that's um, really been able to kind of uh, put, put pucks away and, and, and create that, 
create that space. I mean, even though that was Micah's first goal of the season, you know, he's had number of assists and I think he's, he's been playing some really good hockey. He's had a lot of shorthanded chances that, um, that I feel it's only a matter of time before they click. And I think it's only a matter of time with a lot of our other people who aren't scoring goals. I mean, yeah, we can talk about, you know, Cronilla or Mietten and that they haven't scored a lot of goals this year, but they're still averaging about a point a game um, right. because they're still creating chances. So I'm not too concerned about them. So, uh, Is it too early to book flights for Tampa? Well, um, I, not necessarily. Tampa's, Tampa's lovely most times a year, except hurricane season. You can always book a, book a flight to Tampa and have a pretty decent time down there. Um, but uh, the thing about the Frozen Four... Um, I say do it. Let's go. Yeah. If you got a good, if you got a good flight, you know, if he's actually, if, if this person is actually serious, you got to ask yourself, would you go to a frozen four if the Huskies weren't there? Like, would you enjoy just going to a frozen four? I have never been to one. I mean, I was someone that marketed oh, really? themselves as a traveling fan. Never been to a frozen four, uh, obviously on the bucket list, it's a lot but of, it's just, a lot of fun. It's just never it's a lot of fun because I mean, everybody treats it as a. Like it's your yearly tradition to go right. to the Frozen Four, no matter where it is. So it's it's cool to see all the jerseys. Like, you know, I've obviously only been to the 2013 in Pittsburgh. Um, was the only one that I've been to. So, uh, and then Dan Jacobson, friend of the show, um, a big Minnesota Duluth fan, says, "Any recommendation for winter winter activities that don't involve hockey?" Asking for a friend. <laughs> You're not saying that he's given given up already on the season, have you? Yeah, hey, that was just his question. He's asking for a friend. He said, "So you know, I heard uh, sledding. Sledding is fun. Ah, there we go. Sledding. I, I, you got some hills in Duluth, right? You right? You, yeah, you can you just go down like right go uh, lake. Actually, six, you can go down like Second Avenue, grease up one of those sleds, and just." Zzz. Slide right okay. off like eggs in a you just Teflon slide pan. right off right onto Lake Superior and then stop when you hit Wisconsin That's and then right. take the lift bridge back. That's right. So, so any other uh, kind of closing thoughts before we wrap things up? I thought this is a good show. Um, said hope the Huskies savor this sweep over the Mavs, but. Keep the heads. Don't get the inflated heads. Don't get the inflated egos. And mm-hmm. uh, take these beavers seriously. Get the job done. That's 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 my yep. motto. Yep. Get the job done. Beating Bemidji's never sexy. Just get her done. All right. Well, that about does it. Uh, so uh, I'm Weldy. You can reach me at more clappers. M O A R more clappers. Uh, Andrew can reach him at our email address and sponsorships as well. Yes. So your sponsor. Again, I'm trying uh, to please. hustle, you know, getting these weekly spots out. So if any advertising inquiries, you can direct them to Huskies hockey podcast at gmail.com. If anyone is uh, planning on going to Denver next weekend, I will be there. So if you wanted to meet me, meet the celebrity co-host of this podcast, shoot me an email and we can uh, hopefully make that happen. So I'll, 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 I'll post that or blast that next week too, but uh, if you are planning on, on being there, I'd, I'd love to see fellow Husky fans and meet their acquaintance. Awesome. awesome. Sounds good. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Until next time, go Huskies. Woo!